This is episode number 79 of Civil Tension. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm Peter Galt, host and creator of Civil Tension. And with me is co-host Ken Nicholson and co-host John Guance and guest Jerry Settles. Tim Stewart, Coach Papa. Dan. No italics. Kent Jones. (laughs) I'm Dan Italics, I guess. (laughs) Tom McGrath. All right. Uh, I shot a note out, and after talking with uh, not just uh, Ken, but a few other folks, and that's Ken Noti, our our topic this week, because we're here in the wonderful state of Illinois, is smoke them if you got them. The Illinois government signs recreational use of marijuana into law. Uh, what will this do for the state of Illinois? What will it do for you? Uh, does it really even matter? And, uh, <laughs> also, the other question, the final question, yeah, we'll get is who brought the Doritos? <laughs> nobody, nobody, no Doritos on the table. I'll go against everybody. Punch in a dollar. That's that's how you pick a fight with a stoned guy, right? Take away the Doritos, man. Bring the Doritos and don't let him have Doritos and Mountain Dew. I miss Doritos. I haven't had Doritos in a long time. A week, a couple weeks. How long has it been? You said a long time. Let's quantify that. Quantified. I had Doritos yesterday, November last year. Whoa! Whoa! Don't clap that. How many days is that? Should so, we give him something? Six. Some sort of so, <laughs> yeah, 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 give me six. Whatever six is of. Do we want that door open? So, I don't know. I get it. So, but, uh, yeah, no, it's. I, I miss Doritos and Twinkies. I miss Twinkies so bad. You have. Oh, no don't idea. worry, they're still good. Are they? They're waiting for you. Good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the same ones. They're not going the same away. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. ones. Right. It's got a half life of oxygen fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can get them at Sox Park. So, uh, thus concludes this episode <laughs> of Civil Tension, Crap because out. what else is there to talk about? Hey, there's no they, tension they, when we're all they, smoking. Yeah, there, there will be. <laughs> you know what? January 1st, there may be no tension in this room. <laughs> uh, that's the case, but uh, I don't know. Is, is this even, I've had a number of employers, uh, you, my phone was lighting up like crazy. Uh, Tuesday night, and uh, I had to be... Because that's when they announced it, announced it, right, Tuesday. It was Tuesday night. I started getting texts, emails, calls, and I had to be at one employer at 7.30 in the morning because they were wigging out. And the only thing, really, that people need to be keeping in mind is if you do pre-employment drug tests or if you have uh, any kind of drug testing program, that you're going to have to be mindful of that as of the first of the year. And uh, if you do not also include alcohol in that test here in Illinois. You're going to need to. It's going to be need to be inclusive because you cannot exclude one legal substance in your pre-screen or uh, your uh, surprise, you know, tests, random testing, uh, and not and and not exclude another legal substance. So, you know, that's that's. Pretty much, after talking to uh, our attorney, state legal or federal? Legal? State, state, federal. This is, this is all still completely this is all illegal. State. 
This is all has to do within the state and being compliant as employer as an employer within the state of Illinois. So now that was my conversation with an attorney. I am not an attorney. Don't take this as legal advice, nor do not take it as HR advice. You know, if you got that question, go consult your own, or you can shoot me a note, or you can and, pay. Uh, you, you can, can pay, pay me a lot of money <laughs> to come and talk to you about your stuff. But anyway, so. What's the issue? What, I mean, what are you asking? No, they, they, no, 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 no. Yeah. Are you in but, favor? Are you anti-favor? Are you not in favor? Are you? Does this matter to you at all? Doesn't matter to me. No. No. I mean, I, I searched. You, you, you had mentioned this. So last night I spent a lot of time searching for the podcasts when they legalized alcohol. <laughs> Boy, were we slow on oh, that. Holy that God. guy's got a great <laughs> well, you know, so many of those were being recorded back then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you found the old FBI so, tapes. So, Mark, 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 it, big deal. I mean, legalize it. Who cares? Make it legal. Then it's not going to probably won't change the use. Probably not. The state will be able to tax it and now have money, right? I, I think it will effectively divert some money. of the uh, cash flow from bad guys to the government, which right. is also bad guys. <laughs> bad guys. So, I, you know, pretty much a wash. Isn't the base problem this thing, the fact that now not only is it normalized within the society of Illinois, which is a really weird definition within itself, but it tells children that there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing this. Well, so cigarettes. Make, so, so parents can't make the argument. Nicotine is more addictive than marijuana. Is it? Oh, yes. God, yes. Alcohol is, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Nicotine's more addictive than yes. heroin. You sure all this? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. So then we say that, hey, go get dad another beer. We're saying that. So if this is less addicting, then that makes it okay for it to slide in because it's just another addictive drug, but not as addictive as the ones we already legalized. So that justifies it. Huh, I don't so know. So one of the issues about smoking cigarettes is what? So cigarettes was considered a glamour. It was considered a very cool thing until science stepped in and said, hey, it's hey, losing cause heart disease. Same thing here, right? Right? So it was a cool thing, right? Vaping. But, 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 but we know the damages of marijuana, we know the psychological problems that are involved with it, which is really the issue, not the physical addictive aspects of it, but the sociological and, and psychological problems with marijuana. And this is well documented and has been researched the shit out of it, and now it's become legalized, even though there is a ton, a body of evidence that this is a very damaging thing to do. And the younger you are, you smoke it, the worse off it goes for you. Same with ni with well, nicotine and with alcohol. Does that argument justify its no. legalization? No, no, no. It's, yeah. it's all about the money. They don't. We don't care about the people. Well, certainly, we that's how we got gambling here. Gambling in this right. state. We don't care about the people, right. or we would not have legalized marijuana. It's all about the state government trying to balance the budget and figure out a way to tax something that is already happening. They don't care about the addictive quality. They don't care about the, the, the people or how it's going to affect. It's all about balancing the budget in the state of Illinois. You have to find a budget first. Dan, I'd like to know where this compendium of research is that proves... Look it up. Such it's on... Uh, yeah? Yeah, look it up. This is a, a federally 
illegal and restricted drug that the FDA won't let you get a hold of to research it? I'd like to know. I've looked it up. I've tried. And I, I go to places like beyond leafly.com. Like I'll start with 10, and then you can go from there. I'll, I'll send you 10 references. I'll take the first four. All right, I'll send you four. Well, okay. there you go. Now you get four, and... And, and we're going to have some fun with that. You can have no some fun. problem with that. John, something's brewing in your brain. I can kind of see it. Why? Because steam is, steam is coming out of your ears. Why am I always accused of things? Because I'm not being accusatory, I'm being observational. I need to tell you, I think you're on the other side of the same coin with that. But anyway, the point, I think that the, as I was driving in this morning, I gave this a modicum of thought and it really comes into down to this. And Coach has it right. It's all about syntaxes. Mm -hmm. And it brings me, brings me back to something that, uh, you know, let us not do evil so the good may come of it. And let's not be accused of such. And, um, you know, in the state of Illinois and in governments in general, they're doing all kinds of things that are really damaging to the human condition that doesn't need a push, that doesn't need any help, and it's fallen, broken, sinful nature. It, it's already there. And you don't need to feed that that woeful beast that is just looking for anything to to uh, fill that big hole, that big gap in their lives, uh, whether it be gambling, whether it be cigarettes, whether it be alcohol, whether it be marijuana, whether it be the lottery, whether it be this, whether it be that. And we can go ahead, and I think uh, I think we're right. All this is is just another syntax, as as they're commonly called. Hmm. It's just another syntax in an effort to generate more revenue for a state and a government, representatives of the people that do not understand that deficits are not a revenue issue, they are a spending issue. And so the government is more than willing, having completely and totally uh, banned the, as we've discussed before, uh, if not in reality, but certainly in principle, the morality and the superiority of Judeo-Christian. They've just totally banned it and walked away from it. And so now they're just totally willing to do whatever it is they need to do to their uh, constituents, the people they supposedly represent, and pass laws to generate more revenue for more programs that they can't fund that they ought not to be doing in the first place. And so, and so now we want to go ahead and we want to talk, well, well, does it matter to you? Does it matter to me? No, it doesn't matter a dang wit to me until because uh, I don't partake in it. Why? Because I'm paranoid enough already. <laughs> okay? Watch out behind you. To paraphrase Nixon, you know, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean you don't have enemies. <laughs> but, I mean, hence I digress, and that's meant for a bit of humor. And I'm glad that you And so, not too far away from one another, but anyway, the point to me is that the, the, the issue is this, is that it doesn't matter to me because I don't partake. But as a moral agent... It does matter to me because it's going to do harm to our fellow man. Somewhere along the way, we are going to have someone who is partaking in another drug, legal, illegal, you know, alcohol, whatever. They're going to be partaking in a drug, and they're going to get behind the wheel of a car, and they're going to go and they're going to slam into somebody, and now you're going to have, you know, uh, mothers against uh, marijuana driving, right, or something to this effect. And I Mamed. don't. I just Mamed. right. Whatever. Mamed. Right. Maybe it's a long right. name. Yeah. Right. Okay. So whatever the case may be, we're we're just we're introducing one more thing into popular culture and to Dan's point, well spoken and taken. 
that whenever a person takes a thing that is a, uh, that is a, a vice and they introduce it into the general population as being accepted, the younger generation will not only normalize that, but then they will find, because of, again, their human rebellious nature, will find a way to take it one step further. With us, it was alcohol and then cigarettes. With us, now it's marijuana. With our younger people, it's going to be what? Heroin? It's going to be what? Cocaine? It's going to be what? Crack? And I... And the I, Whatever. What? <laughs> 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 Whoa! It's a gateway. It's a gateway. Not that bridge. Oh no! But 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 that's but that is that's where it's going. But, but you you say that like like heroin and, and cocaine are not an issue right now. What I'm saying. They're not normalized. No, I'm not, they're not normalized. That's the issue. Yeah. So what should we normalize? I mean, again, it comes back to the matter of uh, should a society be without guardrails to behavior or should we just say, well, you know, people are going to do all this anyway because they're broken and they're going to do what they want to do because they're trying to forget about their divorce or they've had a bad day at work or maybe they just hate their own guts, whatever the reason is. And therefore, we're just going to say, you know, go for it. Whatever it is you want to do, so long as it's okay and safe, uh, which it never is, go for it. I don't find that acceptable as a moral agent. So you want the government to tell us what we can and can't do no, when we have a bad is, No, the state has no. responsibility to the people that it governs. This is called the contract. This is the social contract we make with government. It is, it is understood and agreed, and this is why we abide by law, is that because of this contract. And so it's the government's responsibility to protect its citizens. And that's one of its number one responsibilities. Now, as far as how far that protection goes becomes a matter of debate, and that is typically solved in legislature. So that's who makes laws. So they say, well, well, we'll allow government to come in this far, but only this far. Right, and, you see, and, and I think that the thing that we fall into, and it's not, it's not the pendulum, okay? I'm not saying that, wait a minute, I have a concern about marijuana, therefore I'm absolutely against cigarettes and alcohol and all the rest. I have a concern, but the concern is different. There's this tension we always talk about. I don't believe that I believe in theory in, in libertarianism and that the government doesn't have the obligation right to tell me what to do, blah, 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 blah. I also understand that in the actual practice of, of having a society that is functioning and viable and healthy and prosperous, libertarianism falls on its face pretty hard in some areas. So that's why I consider myself personally to be a conservatarian. And that is, I believe I'm a constitutionalist, I'm also a conservative, and I have some libertarian bends, understanding that it cannot be taken to the extreme of that pendulum swing. Hence, it will fail and result in a form of anarchy. And I think that I think that's without question, without any doubt. That's where liberals, the libertarians fall, is, is the rule of law and the police that are required there to enforce it. And the word enforce means literally that. It means yeah. they have to enforce it. You don't enforce laws, you don't have shit. No. We see that one of the issues that is going on today about government stepping across borders like this marijuana thing, which I think is a border crossing aspect. And what I'm saying is that they're, they're, they're claiming that these laws don't have anything behind them. So one policeman can hold off a crowd. It's not the policeman they're afraid of, it's the law. You start right. bending these laws for other reasons than protecting your citizens, you're gonna, it's a slippery slope. So that, so now the, so the question- Drastically, so the, and so it's let's, terrible. So let's take this away from the issue of drugs and go to the issue of behavior. 
right? Because that's, 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 that's really what it is. So uh, isn't there a movie or a program out there? And I, I haven't had a TV in 11 years, so you have to forgive me because I just woefully... You are forgiven. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and coming from you, Coach, that means something. Um, so the, the matter, the, uh, there's, isn't there a program out there where uh, murder's legal once a year, and you just get to get it all out of your oh, system? Oh, The Purge, The Purge, The Purge. Yeah, it's a great movie. movie. Yeah, okay. I've seen them all. It's, uh, I heard from you, Pete, I think you shared with me one time, it's one of the best comedies on, on TV. It's hilarious. See, so that just exposes something about Pete, just so you know. But the point is... It's not Pete, it's a, it's a ginger. Okay, it's, the, it's just a ginger. It's a ginger thing. So the question being is that, why don't why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? Why don't we, for one night or one week or whatever it is, let's let murder be absolutely and totally legal again to maybe a libertarian. People are doing it anyway. I got a better idea. Let's let murder be legal and then let's tax it. Let's tax it. Because we've got a budget deficit, and absolutely, deficits are just about revenue generation, so says the state of California, so says the state of Illinois, New York, the feds. It's just about revenue. It's not about spending. Wait a second. I, let's, let's legalize murder okay. once a quarter for a week, and let's tax it. Let us do evil so the good may come of it, i.e. shoving more money down a rat hole that never gets filled because deficits are not a revenue problem. So saith, so it's <laughs> done. So, so saith Well, John. really, why not? Why not? And won't there okay. be a possibility that in two, three generations from now that that will be a very distinct possibility? Are there not things going on in society and the world today that... When we were children and when, I, when our parents were children our grandparents were in their teens, they would have thought absolutely to be impossible. Mm -hmm. Not to mention reprehensible. Right. But here we there are. are. Well, and I see us heading in that direction, too. It's frightening. You know, I've heard from my mother and some other seniors who have caught glimpses of stories, to your point, John, of... Uh, drag queen story time in libraries no, for hilarious. kids. <laughs> and it's like you, watching them try to wrap their heads around that. It's hilarious. Is their justification of it? I'm yeah, like, it's hilarious. And then I'm listening to it. I'm like, that is so funny, man. But we're talking again about normalization. Yes. And you're taking things that have been marginalized and or looked at as it's not part of the norm, it's not the part of our, the the normal fabric of our society is not what we want. And you're seeing this creep slowly, slowly, slowly across quite a few categories. Some people saying that legalizing marijuana is one of them. For me, like I'm I'm not a partaker, right? Uh, so not really going to impact me uh, personally. Uh, hopefully. And I, I would I would be surprised if there if it does I think what surprises me would surprise me if the legalization of this actually increases usage or brings new people into using it because now they don't fear the law. I don't know that we would actually see that. Fear the law has never affected I, I it significantly. That's totally inaccurate. I, I don't. It's totally I, inaccurate. I don't. I would be surprised if. This encourages new users. Like, like, you know, Over. maybe it's just. Boy, I've been waiting for this to become a law. The claim that law has little aspect of deterrence is a ridiculous argument. The evidence that it is is so overwhelming. Uh, laws are are put together by adults 
quotes. That's a friend. You can't do air quotes on radio. Yeah. Uh, they're put together by, and these are people that come through with wisdom that make determine they will determine what is good for that society. The reason why I think this is a line crosser. You guys talk about money. I don't think that's the issue. I think the real, the true issue is is this is this particular party that is so broken that they're searching for anything they can do. Now, the argument about normalizing pot because of taxation is what normal, the, the, the institution that began when I was in school, uh, that was their biggest argument. They'd say, hey, it will increase taxes. This is not the funding aspect of the government. This is an idea about pandering to a voting population. That's what this is about. Hmm. I'm gonna back it up one level farther. I think the biggest issue is good people will no longer run for political position because their lives get opened up. And so we have a lot of people who are questionable character who are getting into position to make these laws. So I think it goes back to political marketing, political advertising. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what the other person can't do. And therefore, we're getting a lot of people in positions of power who are not capable of making quality decisions to actually represent the constituents uh, of, of their location. I think we're all nodding at that. Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at a problem, but is it a problem or a symptom? Symptom. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it comes back to, I'm not going to put my life out on, on the, for the world to see, even though I'm a you know, quality person. I, I don't want that. I want to keep my life private. So I go out and I run my business, I make a million dollars off here, and I isolate myself from the world when I could really have a greater impact on the world if only we could get control of our political process. Well, and I take issue with the idea that since I don't partake, it doesn't affect me, because that isn't true. We're all affected by second hits, smoke from cigarettes. We're all affected by drunk driving issues and impaired <coughs> driving issues. And in my mind, this only increases the level of the possibility of impairment in people who are operating large vehicles. And so in, whether we partake or not doesn't have any bearing on whether or not it affects us, because we're all affected by the effects of what happens when somebody's smoking around me or when somebody's driving drunk in front of me. Hmm. But see, we talked about that a little bit earlier this morning at coffee, and I'm, I, don't, I don't know that I'm comfortable with the correlation equals causation in this case. Agreed. Now, I know that Colorado, Washington, and California, which we already talked about this morning, have reported higher traffic incidents <clears throat> since legalizing marijuana, but there's nothing in those reports that ties specifically marijuana back to those accidents. There's a correlation of, okay, we incre- we legalized marijuana here, and then since then we have seen this increase. It has to be studied. So, yeah, it's got right. to be studied. But I have to say that you would bring in, without the body of evidence, statistical examination, you have to agree with that somebody running a saw or a vehicle at stone, as opposed to somebody that is alert and not under influence, is 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 less likely to damage themselves or others. Will we agree with that? Absolutely. I think that's the issue. And so instead of waiting for some statistical data to come forward and say that, hey Colorado, you got more accidents because people are stoned, I think it's I think it is intuitive that we can understand that that is already a problem without even seeing the evidence of it. And, it only and I know this is, a, is an employer for 35 years in construction industry 
believe me, there's a lot of stoners in the construction industry, and I've seen the effects of this drug on these people, both on and off the job. And I know the, I know the, the, the insidiousness of, of marijuana. It seems like it's a really nice drug, it seems like it's a really cool thing, and people are really calm and shit, but it's not. It robs people of ambition, it robs them of incentive, it robs them of memory of wrongdoing. That's another big problem. So, I mean, this is, a, this is a psychological addictive property that is probably one of the worst I've ever seen. More than cigarettes, more than alcohol. I haven't seen too many heroin addicts, I don't hang out in that group. But, it, but I'm telling you, man, it, it, this is a terrible thing. But, but if, and as far as it doesn't affect me because I don't use it, if, as long as it's not your kid that got run over by an impaired driver, right. it doesn't affect you. Yeah. And that comes back to the issue of us as moral agents, which it does affect us. It does not affect me as a user, non-user, but it does affect me as a moral agent who cares about what happens to my fellow man in the world around me. And let's look at it this way. Do we need to study this thing for a generation, which let's just hang out a number of what that means, 25 years? That's pretty typical and traditional. Do we need to study this thing in Colorado or in other places where it's become legalized? In Illinois, do we need to study for 25 years to develop a statistical correlation and causation? And then we say, oh, yeah, common sense hmm, dictated that this was a bad idea. Hmm. But now we have numbers to back it up hmm, that we can argue about. Hmm. And now what are we going to do with the numbers? Because you, now you've got an entire generation of young kids being brought up since kindergarten, since they could crawl, normalized. Hey, hey, son, go get me a reefer. Hey, son, go get me a joint instead of a beer. Grab my boy. Oh, no, 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 but, no, but, no, but <laughs> some people. First of all, first of all, here's the note. Get, get out of smoking it and just chew it in a gummy worm. Or fun. however, but there are lots of alternatives. It's a lot better for you. Yeah. Right. Don't hurt your lungs that way. <clears throat> I'm just saying. Mainline tea seeds, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, that's the, I mean, obviously, it's being ludicrous. But the, but, the, but the concept behind it is, is, that, is that, that Coach did a good job of, of extending is this failure of the state to put this together. I mean, and I was I was not and watched the Democratic Republic because it was a rerun of the White Sox. So I had to watch that, but uh, <laughs> but I was listening to appreciate your priority. I was listening to the bites of this thing, and I was shocked because it reminded me of Tocqueville. I mean, almost everything I was sitting there listening to because Tocqueville wrote a book about democracy and the Republic of the United States, and he explained in this thing about what the strengths and weaknesses are of it. And then the weaknesses that he had predicted, we are now seeing. And I just found that really interesting. And he does this all through intuitive thought. We have, we have a Congress right now that, that has figured out that they can bribe people with their own taxation dollars. That's going on right now. The, the legislatures have figured out that they don't need to pass right laws. They just need to pass popular ones. And that's another big problem. And this is what's going on. Marijuana's legalization is a popular law. It is not a correct law. And they will bring argument that it is, and they'll do it scientifically. But now we have infanticide, infanticide, Thank you. I'm a writer, not a speaker. Yeah. So, so we have this, and now this, and now, they're, now this is coming into the moral aspect again of normalization. Now they're going to claim that this is a normal aspect. Now, you know, how far is this rabbit hole going to go down? And it's going to go down pretty bad. I listened to someone talking about the fact that they want to increase women's rights to be able to kill their children. And there was an applause and a cheer as though somebody had just scored a goal in Brazil. I mean, it was bizarre. 
And I'm sitting here watching yeah. this thing, and, the, and again, Tocqueville pops into my head. And then you, and then to uh, to dovetail with that, you find in some colleges and universities where you survey the the students, how how old can a child be that you should be allowed to kill them? And they measure this in years, years. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's the creep. Uh, I mean, they, some, 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 were th- some, some ages were three years old, some were 12 months, some were two years old, some were five, this and that. 14 to 16. I was going to, well, you know, but I mean, okay, so well, to, into Coach's point, it gets back to something that Mark Twain said about how to raise a, six, uh, you know, a 16-year-old uh, daughter. When she hits the age, of, when she well, a teenager, when you get when she gets to the age of thirteen, put her in a barrel. When she gets right. to the age of sixteen, uh, with a knot hole. When she gets to the age of sixteen, plug the knot hole. Right. <laughs> I mean that's. But I mean all kidding aside. But this is the creep. I mean look. Let's take a look at California, with their gas taxes and and how it is they wanted to push hybrids. They wanted to encourage a behavior and discourage other behaviors. And that's what tax codes accomplish at some level, one way or the other. So they say, yeah, we want to go EV and this and that and more hybrids and better fuel economy, yada, yada, until guess what? They started losing revenue. Oh, my gosh. They started losing revenue because everybody was driving Priuses and Teslas and their fuel economy was going through the roof. And, oh, my gosh, they're losing money. Well, then they had to totally change their tax structure and they panicked. So to Coach's point... Yeah, I think it is a combination of things of people, good people, not wanting to serve in government because they don't want the negative ill effects of it. But the but the dare new that are in there making these popular laws, not good laws, they're absolutely doing this because of the revenue, and it's not okay. Again, I come back to the issue: let's just tax murder and make it legal. I mean, your, your crime rates will go down, won't it? Won't your crime rates plummet? Your crime rates will plummet. Make it legal. Your crime rates will go down. And tax it, now you can generate money. And to say, and that assumes the revenue that you're generating by this thing, that some of that revenue isn't going to be what? Absorbed by the additional societal burden of the activity? We're already taxing murder uh, and abortion. Not only that, are we taxing it, but federal, uh, the, the, the uh, health insurances are paying for it. So and, and your dollars being confiscated and, to fund it, right? Absolutely. So where, where's where's the uh, where, where's the benefit? I mean, I I, I agree with the with the, uh, what's been said down here. It's it's just irrevocably irrevocably. I'm a writer, not a talker. Trying to wrap around your idea. Yeah, trying to trying to wrap my head around that one, but it, it just. It just, we seem like we're going down the slippery slope. And I don't know why we, we continue to do that or continue to elect people to let us do that or make us do that. And, I mean, I look back, I'm, I'm a little older than, than uh, Everybody. Uh, many, many people. Not me. But <laughs> where are the statesmen, I say. I always, <sighs> I've always used that, that term. Where are the statesmen? Do we have any more Everett Dirksons? Do we have any more Adlai Stevensons? Do you have any more Joe Bidens? He looks, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry, but the present crowd, he looks like a statesman. How scary is that? Hey. Greg Wilcox. But is that is he a statesman? That's my point. Compared to the current crop, Com- he is. Compar- compared but compared to, the, to the aforementioned, compared he's not. To, well, is Donald Trump compared to the current crop? He's no statesman. He's no statesman. He's no statesman. That's what I'm saying. Where are they? 
We don't have well, any. They we don't, don't have want any. their because public not, lives exposed, like was mentioned earlier. Because they're not coming into government. Cover, they're not coming into government service. <laughs> well, it's part of the, it's part of the reason. But the other part is is that in their in their private businesses or private lives, they're saying, "Hey, I can make more money here. Why should I go over there?" You know, the advantage is getting into politics. The turn of the century was predicated on the power that came with it. The power that came with it was for you to be able to appoint the people that you wanted into positions of government, and they would get paid for it. Correct. And within that getting paid, they'd get pensions, or they would get whatever you would give them. It's a machine. It started in Philadelphia. Chicago now defines it. It has defined it. So this is one of the issues that's going on now as far as political science goes. The, the, the American plan of, of benevolent people is what you're talking about, statesmen or whatever you want to say. I think you're talking more of an attitude for a person out there smarts, but anyway. Uh, these, you're not seeing a lot of people getting into this. Why? Well, because it's not advantageous to do so financially, and Coach points out uh, personally, you know, your personal life is, is being attacked. So there's definitely a change going on, and we see on the left this, this big pandering of populist ideas, and they claim that Trump's a populist. It's hilarious. I mean, they're going further and further left. I mean, did anybody listen to some of these things that were said on the podiums? Yeah. I actually didn't. <laughs> I didn't listen it's, to it's, much it's of it. It's unbelievably popular, and they and they have nothing to back it up. I mean, Biden comes straight out and says, "Yeah, we're going to raise taxes, abolish tax code, and then we charge, charge everybody more taxes." Right. He understands about distribution of wealth. It is that he is after the new socialist party. This is what he's going to be running. Him and Bernie Sanders. But he got, but he got, he got slaughtered on the stage, from what I heard. He got attacked very much by the, the Democratic hopefuls because they got, to, they got to get him out as an obstacle. Because he's too moderate. Science did. I want to actually address the point of where is the idea of the republic going? And so the only way we can hold the republic is for one, like Tocqueville said, America's great because the people are good. People stop being good, America's no longer going to be great. And we in this room are seeing and are saying evidence, or in this room we are saying that we are witnessing the evidence of that happening right now. Yeah. And this marijuana Absolutely. issue is one of them. I think it's this only is one. the problem with this, whether it's because of taxation or a populist aspect, it is a wrong idea, it is put forward into law by people that are no longer interested in what is good. Now I have to abide by my own rules, I'm going to say good for the country or good for what they govern. That's the important aspect. Okay. Can you apply time to the man from Iowa? No, I, listen, throughout the, the age of time, there's been laws that people like and there's been laws that people don't like. There's been laws that uh, will, will go against, you know, how we, our morals, our moral issues, right? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who you put into office or who governs. It's always going to happen. At some point, there was probably you couldn't spit on the sidewalk. Or it you still, still is. It still is. There you go. And a lot of people spit on the sidewalk. You still now, can't water your lawn when it's raining. What it, what it boils down to, and hey, you want to legalize murder? That's a law. You, you, you want to you legalize murder? Not everybody's going to murder. Right, it, not not like there's yeah there's some will and some well, mother in laws just won't make it. When you're stuck behind a guy who leaves his turn signal on for a <laughs> <laughs> right, right now now I'm sorry. <laughs> the issue the issue is not who who jumps in or wants to. 
is a lack of education. It's parents not taking time to educate their kids on what's good or bad. I have I have beer in my refrigerator and wine, right? I've uh, I don't smoke or, or vape, right? And I don't partake in marijuana. But I've taught my kids, hey, this is addictive. You know, here's people who have issues. Here are problems, and if you don't take time to educate and bring your children up correctly and now the public school system so I'm gonna always go back here and say you got to go to the local level because what's being taught in school isn't necessarily history or government mm-hmm. or economics civics anymore. for knowledge for civics sure. right mm-hmm. so who wants to learn about how it, it it's it's like it's like coach always says the speed limits 35 if you get pulled over doing 36 are you upset Mm-hmm. But you broke the law. Mm-hmm. But we'll be upset. Or we got the five five mile cushion. Right. It's what you teach your kids. It's what you it's what you educate the society. You have a, a platform every every week to, to touch a congregation to, to teach mm-hmm. morals, ethics, right? That's that's where it is. That's your job, mm-hmm. right? It's all of our job. And if if we that that's why I say, go ahead. <coughs> You're not getting any of my money from the tax because I, I don't I don't buy it. You know, I don't. I don't do it. I don't buy cigarettes either. So, so, and we can and we can study it for twenty five years, and the Surgeon General haven't put a sticker on it. Said maybe dangerous. So the, the, right. the thing that I ask myself is: is that who, who, back in in uh, in eighteen fifty in eighteen fifty eight, what type of an individual would I be? Would I be the kind of individual in 1850? Would I, I have been that? shot in the back. Would I, no, no. <laughs> yeah, you well, you probably would have. got a pretty good shot at that today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the issue is, would, would I be the individual who says, you know something, you've got, your, you've got your state's rights, you can go ahead and enslave all the people you want, or would I be an abolitionist? Or would I just be a person that really doesn't have an opinion because it doesn't affect me? And as someone who believes in the Tenth Amendment and the Constitution and recognizes the wrestlings of that founding document and why the three-fifths man rules in there and so on and so forth, is that a, is that a rest? That's the question. If we are moral agents, we have to look at the condition of our fellow man and say that is not how God created them to be, to live, to be enslaved to either another man or a drug or consumerism or marketing or anything. And that is not okay. And that's where, and that's where it is that we part company because the schools are telling these young people, our children. I lost my, I lost my kids when they hit about midway through sixth grade in the public schools. That's where I started to lose them in terms of the, my sway with them, their opinions. Everything started to slip away about halfway through the year in sixth grade, and I never got them back. I'm just now starting to get just a little bit of traction, but that's where I lost them. And I was with them, talking to them going to the book with them, so on and so forth. But what they saw in social media, what they saw in the schools, what they saw in amongst their friends, by nature, prophet is no honor in his own hometown. It goes with parents in their own homes many times. Not all the time, but many times. And boom, those things slid away. So I agree with the principle of what you're saying, but I'm going to tell you that in the practice, it ain't the truth. 
And the government at some level has to be a moral agent. And if the government is only going to do the will of what is popular among the dumb-driven cattle, that's not okay. That's a problem. The government at some level, the statesmen that we appoint and elect, have to move to that North Star to say, no, this is not okay. This is where we need to go. This is why. This is the way. To do so with courage, even at their own professional peril, they must do this or we are all lost. Period. We cannot, we, we all know that we cannot look to the government for moral leadership. Period. Look at the kind of people we elect time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. You want these people making moral decisions for us? No, they set boundaries. Nobody said shit about them making decisions for your children. They set boundaries. Children go past those boundaries. There's a penalty that comes along with it. That's what he was just saying. He wants to tell his kids, like, look, here's here's alcohol. Have a blast with it, but realize it's a fucking monkey in there, a millstone around your neck. Yep. You know, so get it. Understood, but that's, that's, that's Moral leadership from parents, from church, from whatever kind of uh, 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 influencing background you come from. But it, it, we are we are incredibly foolish if we look at a Republican system electing leaders like we. I don't mean the party. I mean you know the, the Republic, Republic method of electing leaders. We're pretty foolish if we're looking to them for moral leadership of any kind at any time. Right. So, Tom, I, let's summarize this today. <laughs> Tom's over here saying, "Who are these people? Why did I? What did I get myself He's into?" He's sitting there saying, "Thank God Ken bought my breakfast." <laughs> yeah, you have exactly twenty-two minutes. <laughs> Two minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Starts. Well, my my background is telecommunications, and so as a result of that, I've had to travel a lot around the company, the country, and I, I I've um, traveled a lot to Denver over the years. And I watched the change take place in downtown Denver as a result of the legalization of marijuana in in that state. And what used to be a a thriving uh, 16th Street Mall is what it's called, if anybody knows Denver. It's now um, infested with people who are stoned, people who defecate in the alleys, people who pickpocket. Oh, Woodstock. um, <laughs> the and, city. And, and, I, I, and if you also want to look at, at San Francisco, look what's happened there. You can get a map as to where the places are to defecate or where not to step. So I, and that's what, that's what you know, this, this kind of legalization has bred, I think. I think it's a problem. And, and I, I, I had the good fortune of, of attending a, um, a Friday morning networking meeting um, a few months ago where Patrick Keneally came in to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's he, been here. He's actually part of it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he, he kind of, I think one of, the, one of the issues about the accidents you guys talked about before, going up in Colorado, not being able to be pinned to uh, the use of marijuana, is because I think there's not a, a proper way without, I think, taking a blood sample, I guess it is, to, uh, to um, uh, identify that, that marijuana is, or THC exists within where you can take the police can issue a breathalyzer te- test, test, and they can determine that you're, you know, you're over the point. Was it zero eight? I think it is um, um, uh, alcohol limit. And and uh, I I, uh, I think that's why you can't attribute. They haven't been able to attribute the, the rise in in, in uh, 
uh, accidents to marijuana, but it is a, I think it's pretty well obvious that that's probably what's going on because that rise happened after they legalized the drug. So, just I, FYI on that, uh, Canadian Canada, there's a company Canada that is just did trials on a pen for testing of marijuana, and it was successful, and they were going to be uh, distributing to the Mounted Police. So, so now you'll yeah, write this down. So, so now yeah. you know. Right. So, so, so the issue of it is, <laughs> you got to write it on your hand. <laughs> the issue that they're having with it is, it's like within an alcohol test, you can say that, well, this guy's a little drunk, but this guy's really drunk. Right. But this particular thing, you can test the STHU's level. Levels are there, but how far are they impairing? Because it's fat soluble. And so you can have a buildup over a couple of days that would make a high registry of it, and you could not even be high at all. Right. Very that's, true. That's the issue. That they're having with it, right? You know, but they did come up with a way to be able to detect it. But, but to your severity. point, that you're mad. That's a very thank you for that. Um, that actually is a very good point. And to your point, when I say correla correlation does not equal causation, I'm being quite facetious because when you look at it through the lens of common sense, to your point, and uh, uh, and you know John's point, Dan down here, uh, when you look at San Francisco. And you have maps of where it's good to go ahead and just, you know, relieve yourself out of doors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody poops. Everybody poops. We know that. Uh, but, you know, not everybody does it outdoors in public. It's a hygiene problem. It's a hygiene problem. Which, by the way, spitting on sidewalk comes from tuberculosis. So, well, that's why Walmart has plastic bags. So you can pick up your people poop. Now, if you package that properly, <laughs> the next big product phase. But you know, now you're seeing that in Colorado, over in Denver, and so when you see these things that are normalized, and you wind up with it being okay to. You know, have normalization of things that cause you to lose inhibition, to cause you to lose the inability to maintain cognitive reason after a point, then you've got a problem. And it, you know, it does not affect me personally insofar as a user, as John said. I certainly am hopeful, but I'm hopeful every time I get in a car. I drive all over all the time every day. And I see people do incredibly stupid, stupid, stupid stuff while they're out and about driving. You know, it, it's just, and I'm, I'm praying every day, and I'm hoping that, okay, you know, universe, make sure we have the most benevolent outcome for everybody getting to where they got to go and getting home and being safe. And it drives me up a wall. Eh, that, that No pun intended or anything like that, but... So it's a bad day. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that everyone who's driving alongside me, in front of me, behind me, is not impaired, impaired in, in some way that's going to cause them harm, me harm, or whatever else. It's, and to, to Kent's point a little earlier, I don't know if it was during this or during coffee, when Kent said, if you think that there's not on the 90 uh, a ton of people who are already stoned, or had a little bit too much to drink, or you know, going up and down the street here, if you're not gonna find somebody smoking in their house already, you're nuts, you're crazy. So so what will that look like again in 25 years, and 50 years, and 75, and what will the generations bring? It's, there are so many reasons not to be in favor of this. It's not, and I wanna be clear, it's not just one thing. 
there are a lot of reasons not to be in favor of this. And if we don't expect, to Ken's point, if we don't expect laws, boundaries to be set by the government, by the representatives that we elect, if we do not expect them to base those things on a moral good, then we have a real incongruence in our what it is they ought to ought not to be doing. They absolutely have amended the Constitution for moral good. They have amended the Constitution for righteousness sake. We lost half a million men in battle, two-thirds due to dysentery or war wounds or lost limbs and infection. We lost those for a moral good. We have declared war on more nations, the United States, on more nations than almost any other country in the history of man, and every time for a moral good. This is absolutely what government does. It declares its laws based on a greater outcome, but at the underpinning of that outcome, the foundation that thing rests on, must be something that is identified as moral. The problem we have with this law is that we, many people, don't perceive it to be based on a moral good. It is based on a popular economic is no longer a moral so good, and that's the problem. That's where this thing is breaking down. Well, so that's 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 the same argument behind why prohibition was lifted and. I, mean, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that statement. What? Well, it had nothing to do with the moral good. Fucking credit. Uh, prohibition was brought uh, into argument by women uh, because. No, had, I said the abolition of I know, prohibition. Building case history. So it was initially brought in by that. The slapback on it first came from religious organizations that said this that alcohol is part of our event. You know, Jewish, whatever you want, or Catholics, okay. So as the government tries to look Catholics at this, have no problem drinking. This knee-jerk, I know, whatever you find for you, you find a fifth. But uh, so the issue was is that alcohol in its proper use is not a problem. In fact, it's actually psychologically good for you. And just step back about 20 years, and doctors were advising people that they should have at least one drink a day. They still do. A day. They still do. Well. Whatever. But at any rate, the, the, my point about it is, is that, is the, the, that it's not the alcohol itself is the problem, it is the abuse of it. So, we say now it's about marijuana, it's the same aspect, it's the same thing. Is, is smoking pot uh, good for you? It's for some people, good. yes, and it the is. The reason why I bring this up is because you're bringing some up alcohol is, yeah. as in prohibition as an, as an example. And the reason why prohibition was overturned was for all the reasons I just said. Is that, is that it, they were looking at the alcohol itself as the problem, and they realized that it's not the problem. It's the people's abuse of it. That's the issue. Well, it was the guns. illegal stuff that was around Prohibition, too. So it was well, much more than that. But the, what my, my argument is, is that, it's, that it wasn't about a, getting rid of Prohibition, wasn't about doing something for the moral good. Yes, it was. That's my argument. People with MS. Wow. Well, so, so okay. So, to Ken's point, then address it from a new a medicinal standpoint, and I'm okay with that. But yeah. the recreational component is not okay. Right. And to pick up on Dan's issue here with regards to why prohibition went into place, if that was 
if that was pushed initially by the women's suffrage movement, there had to have been a root cause to that. I'm not going to speculate on what that was. I meant to mention checks and bars and drinking it. Well, I didn't want to say that at all because I didn't know that, but yeah. I'm sure yeah, right today, I'm just going to spitball here that women yeah. wanted men to drink less because they got their checks, went down to the bar, got drunk, went home, and maybe beat the crap out of their wives. No, they didn't have money for food. Okay, right. Well, I mean, or yeah, maybe the other happened, right? Well, yeah, so so things, what was okay, going on. Right. So things so, really haven't changed. No. So... Yeah. Right, so at the end of it, so there was a, but to, that, that just builds the point. There was a reason why this prohibition came into place. There was a moral good that the government tried to address because something was breaking down. Correct. This is not that. Then, if, they identified if, if, for, then they identified it that it wasn't the problem, and so for moral good, they brought it back in. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's my argument. Right, and so and, and so then so, so then if you have if then if you want to address marijuana from a medicinal standpoint, then hallelujah, absolutely, I agree. But this recreational thing, this was just the fact that this is popular. We need money. Bang, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And government now is passing laws that are no longer based on moral goods, and that's a problem. And that is a problem. Yeah. No, 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 I know we're out of time, but didn't the state of Illinois take this one step further? I don't know what it is, but there is something that they did with regards to not just the legalization, but distribution or something to this effect. And you so there is, a, yeah. we went a step further than no one else, not even Oregon or Washington or Colorado did. We went further than anybody else. And now others are looking at whatever the thing is we did thinking, oh, that's a good idea. We need to amend our, our laws. Yeah. Well, so, do you know what the thing is, Pete? It, it has to do with distribution and how to, how easy it is to get it. Because at some point through this, it's going to be just about as simple as walking into Walmart and picking up your 30 grams or less. Wow. And walking well, out. No, yeah, it'll Walmart. be as simple so as growing see, a thing in your house. This. Well, yeah. That's five it. plants. Right. Yeah, five yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> Something like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it, it's going to get extremely easy to, to obtain. I think if, it, if anybody doesn't think that the, uh, the tobacco companies are not going to jump on this, or have they yet? I mean, I don't know. Have they I, yet? I, I, I they think will not until the federal government weighs yeah. in. Yeah, the federal government yeah. says it's wrong because the way the law is written, if, you, if, a, if a tobacco company goes in and gets involved in it, they put money in, commingle it into their bank account with their cigarette funds, mm -hmm. government can come in and seize it. it. All of it. Yeah. Everything. No child left, or no child left yet. Let's go there. all the children. You just turned this into an turned it into an AOC discussion. All the tax units are going to dump into Washington. You know, eventually it's going to happen. But but look at the state of Illinois. Just as the microcosm, look at what they said would happen if they put the lottery into place. And has that borne fruit? Absolutely not. Has it created more problems than it solved? Absolutely. Was it a moral good? No. Gas taxes, consumption taxes, um, gambling, gambling, whatever it is, all the things the state of Illinois, just yeah. as an example, has done, and the only reason they've done it is to fill a gap in their budgets. So, but oh, Nico, Dan, quarter. No, I'm sorry, Dan was ordering coffee. So <laughs> <laughs> the essentials of life. <laughs> the essentials of life. But we gotta go. You know, yeah, we we do need to wrap this one up, folks. Um, but yeah, it's this is all about those things. It's not this was not a moral thing. This is completely popular, money driven, money motivated. 
you look here, who are you going to vote for? Money, money, money. Who do you love, love, love? This is just right, like almost ripped right from the scene of the the Batman that. what, what the first Batman, well, not the first Batman, but the freaking one where the Joker is yelling and screaming, Jack Nicholson playing the Joker. Right. Money, 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 who do you love? Hubba, hubba, hubba. It, it, it just put me in mind of that as, as so, I saw the little bit so of. So, the point you know, is, in closing, the Tocqueville's point is, is that when you talk about this idea of government setting the boundaries of moral agency, in other words, the word good, good for what, good for people, when this is changing, this thing's going to fall. And we're seeing it. The, the, the tapping on the window right now, we'll see the response to what, what the voters have to say in this next election. Because the Democrats are not pushing it. They're pushing it big time. Yeah. You know, especially on the issues of abortion right. is one of the big ones right now. Right. Remember, Ms. Clinton said, you know, uh, rare was her big word. It should be a rarity. It's no longer a rarity. No. Now they're, now they're well, claiming that be it should be a right. Actually, somebody on that stage actually claimed that. That's correct. Yeah. He was applauding. Yeah. God, that's funny. It's, well, it's a wake-up call. Uh, here, here it is. We are. Where, um, where are we in the Titler cycle? Look it up. There we are. There we go. Yep. So, I'll clap it out. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a wonderful weekend.